And Jack's like, I'm sure that, uh, and Jack tells Turgo. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate-gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Ooh, hang on. I don't have headphones on. Oh, no! Hello! Hello! How are you? Totally spacing, and I was like, oh, headphones. (laughs) Kathy's in here. I guess. Being a piano chump. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I'm honestly not that concerned about this piano situation. Yeah. Uh, Given the list of things, even if I had to pay somebody to take it out, it would cost less than buying a snowblower and a lawnmower and patio furniture and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, the snowblower is a good deal because I remember ours cost like $1,000. Yeah. So, and I don't know anything about their qualities, but like this guy doesn't either. These were all his brother's things. So, ah. Does his brother know that he's giving them away? Uh, his brother doesn't care because he died. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. So okay. So so the guy who who owned my house died, and his brother is selling the house. So ah, gotcha. Yeah. We probably should specify what we're talking about if we're going to keep this in. The- <laughs> it's a, in it's- that uh, the person selling the house wants you to keep a bunch of stuff. Yes. 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 And I've been advised strongly by some people to not take the upright piano that is there and make him get rid of it but i'm feeling i'm feeling so good i'm willing to take that hit if Fabulous. if i decide i want to get rid of it yeah I mean, especially gonna you know you tried playing piano for a while yeah maybe you'll like playing it again maybe i will and if i don't sledgehammer time yeah what happened to the guy's brother did he die in the house I think he did. I think I, I I googled around, and I think that the obituary said he died peacefully at home. <laughs> Oof. So sweet. So maybe you'll have a haunted house. Maybe. And then I think how many houses haven't had people die in them? Right. I think most of them. I mean, my house of any significant age have probably had a person. Yeah. Die in them. Like this house was built in the fifties. I assume he might not have been the first person to die in that house. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I don't actually believe in ghosts as much as I joke mm-hmm. about it, but I do remember one place that I was living that I knew for sure somebody had died in the house. The landlord's mother had died in the house. And then in the middle of the night, there was a stereo that we had in my room that was motion activated. So like it would just light up if somebody walked past it and it would light up all the time while I was trying to sleep at night. So that was creepy. Yes, that is creepy. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, sweet. Is that the lady who died here just like uh, saying hi and telling me she wants me to play her some music? That's what my mom would tell you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Likely so. Yeah. Yeah. That was weird. Definitely weird. Yes. I'm not going to get anything that lights up on its own. And then yeah, I don't, don't do that. Don't get, anything, don't get anything motion activated, <laughs> just in case. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's sad, though. But peaceful, yeah. I guess that's good. Yeah, I mean, it was about a year ago now, it looked like, so mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyway, it is a lovely house, and it sounds like things are carrying on nicely with your recent appraisal working out yeah. and things moving ahead, and I'm super excited for you. Thanks. Fingers crossed the rest of it just goes fine. Yeah, yeah. What is next? What's your next step? I think that my lender person said that she had to send it off to the state agency that is going to look at it and see if the type of loan I wanted is okay with them. And then it goes to, and, and it's with the underwriters, I think, as well. So, Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Super exciting. <sighs> I don't have anything nearly as exciting to report. Maybe you do and you just don't know it's exciting. Maybe could that be let's go um what's up i had exams all week for, with my students so it's been a light week for me work-wise but then it'll be an extra work week now towards the end of the week once i have all these exams to grade only because you let it i <laughs> one of these days one of these days i will institute 
your policy. <laughs> you could be called Arbitrary Mary. <laughs> yes, I could. That's pretty much all I've had going on this week. Nice. I haven't really done a whole lot of work at the brewery either because it's just kind of a slow period. So I played some extra video games. I got myself back into Stardew Valley yes. as well because all you guys were playing it and talking about mm-hmm. it. I'm like, damn it. I haven't really got any fully perfect score across the board yet, so I might as well go for that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm working on. Yay! Yeah. Very fun. Yep. We all like to do the do now. <laughs> Indeed. Do the do. Me and my wife, Abigail, who likes to give me bombs. <laughs> what a good wife. Right? Bombs. I know. Maybe I'm not being a good enough wife to Jeff because I never give him bombs. You might want to get on that. <laughs> or though maybe yes, maybe don't give sure. Jeff bombs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Jeff probably shouldn't have bombs. <laughs> anyway, all relevant, as Very. always, to what we're talking about today. Today, that would be, we are talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 3, Episode 16, Ergo! Yay! Should we start with the fact that this stars Dom DeLuise? Right. Yes, it did. I actually noticed that in the opening credits. His name was featured prominently. Yes. And did you know the director of this episode is his son, Peter? I did not know that. Interesting. In fact, the whole DeLuise clan has appeared in Stargate. (laughs) and or Yeah. So, obviously, Dom DeLuise was in this episode. Yeah. When we get that flash later of the younger-looking guy with the slick-back hair and the uniform, that's that's Peter, the son. And Flashback of the younger. Yeah, when, when Ergo's like, maybe you like me looking like this better. And, yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's that's Peter DeLuise, who actually has a huge, uh, I guess, role in Stargate generally, not in, as in an actor, although he has appeared gotcha. in it, but he is yeah. a director, writer... Scenes. Etc. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then they've also got David Deloise is another one of Dom's children who also appears in Stargate SG One. Though we have not met the character yet, he plays, and I mostly remember this guy as being one of the uh, dopey students in Dick Solomon's physics class <laughs> in Third Rock from the Sun. <gasps> Oh, I love that show. Me too. Which student did he play? Oh, God. What was his name? You would have thought I would have written that down. He's that one. I don't know. Not the long-haired oh, guy. Um, I, okay. Yeah, I don't... I there weren't remember. that many. It wasn't... It wasn't. obviously wasn't Lithgow's son. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did not think so. <laughs> not the girl. Yeah. <laughs> but that other guy. That was just a meaningless fling to fill the void. <laughs> it was... And then the final one is Michael DeLuise, who is also in an episode of SG-1 that we have not yet encountered, but is among one of my favorites ever. Ooh. Yeah. What season is it? I can't remember. I can tell you about Just it, Just so we though. know what we're looking forward to. It's the episode with Wormhole Extreme. I don't remember that. Oh, one. my God. Oh, my God. You're going to love it so much. I hope. <laughs> I hope. Let's see which app. It's ridiculous. It's so good. Highly weird. Oh, it's not oh, until weird. season five. So, okay. So they were all in that. The Deloise children were also cool. all in, as well as Dom, were all in Third Rock from the Sun in at least one episode where I think they played the family of the student. So, gotcha. Love that show. Those are all my Dom Deloise. Oh, no. Actually, also, did you know he was Pizza the Hut's voice? I didn't know that. Now I know that. Wait, seriously? Yep. Well, if it isn't Lone Star and his sidekick, Puke. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, he obviously had a much bigger career than Pizza the Hut, but. <laughs> yes, that was, that was not the highlight of his career, but that's really funny. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> Mostly when I think of him, it is as the Godfather character from Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah, I just came back from the dentist and left in the combos. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> we were 
were just talking about that movie. Not that that would be the highlight of his career either, but that is what I most strongly associate yeah. with him. Yeah. So yes, Dom DeLuise is in this episode. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. The episode starts in the control room. Everybody is looking at the monitor, seeing a nice tropical palm tree and a pretty beach. And Sam is saying that the temperature is 78 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. Barometric pressure is normal. They don't see any obvious signs of any kind of civilization or anything. It looks like a pretty, pretty great place. But Jack and Tilk don't really seem to trust it so much. And then they <laughs> just start spouting what would these be um oh god what's idioms idioms, idioms. yeah although, is that it? although one man's ceiling is another man's floor is a paul simon song <laughs> oh <laughs> but yeah like uh little aphorisms i guess i don't know sayings yeah i don't know what the word is yeah but yeah there's a, a bit of time with them doing that so they go on with that for a while and it's <laughs> like what point are you trying to make <laughs> with this and the point is that they should do some standard recon mission, and maybe there'll be some minerals and biology surveys, at least as far as Sam is concerned. I don't know what point <laughs> Jack and Daniel and Tilk are trying to make, but... <laughs> but Hammond's like, sure, you guys can go. Go do your mineral survey thing. Jack's sarcastically excited about the mineral survey and says it's his favorite. <laughs> Then one last thing that he has to say is that it's all fun and games until someone breaks a nail. <laughs> it's a weird it's scene. It's a weird scene. <laughs> it's it's so silly. This whole thing just it's like it just sets the tone. I feel like uh, yeah, it's a silly episode. Yeah. <laughs> so they're down in the gate room. The gate opens. The team it gets ready to go. <laughs> Jack is saying goodbye in a whole bunch of different languages and confusing the heck out of Tilk because Tilk doesn't know any other Earth languages other than English. They step through the gate and then they come back through the gate. <laughs> Jack is finishing his sentence with goodbye. <laughs> and everyone's confused because they are back in the gate room where they did not expect to be. Hammond is there with a whole bunch of soldiers, apparently not expecting SG-1. Back at this time, everyone's confused. And Jack asks what happened. Hammond's like, I was going to just ask you the same thing. Turns out that they left over 15 hours ago and never contacted them or anything. And of course, SG-1 is all shocked because as far as they were concerned, they literally just stepped through the gate and came right back. Weird. Super weird. Indeed. Yes. Hammond sends them to be checked out by Dr. Frazier. So they are there in the infirmary with her. And she thinks they seem fine so far. Their blood work's okay. And she's, you know, she's like, there's no bruises or marks on your skin. No signs of injections of anything that could account for them losing their memory. She asks them what's the last thing they remember. And they're like walking up the ramp. O'Neill was explaining the meaning of chow. So they went through, and then they were right back through. Hammond says that they tried sending a MALP after them, but it just showed the same uh, idyllic image of a beach and no sign of the team and no response. And Sam's like, oh, that's why there were two MALPs in the gate room. Huh. And Hammond said they both were returned right before they came through, and... They all at the SGC had assumed that SG-1 had sent them, but Sam says, nope, not us. That she knows of. They don't remember. Anyway. Right? <laughs> oh, that's the end of that it scene. It is. <laughs> I'm like waiting for you to keep talking. I'm like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> in the debriefing room, everybody is sitting and they are reviewing the video from the MALP. MALPs, plural, in fact. <laughs> They're still just seeing that idyllic tropical planet that I wish I was on right now because it's cold and stupid and I hate it. 78 sucks. That's way too hot. That's delightful. <laughs> You're wrong. I'm not wrong. Your opinions are bad. You should feel bad. I don't. <laughs> Here Carter points out that this footage that they are specifically looking at is from the second map, but that you can't even see the first map in there anywhere. And so that's weird because the first map map was still on the other side at that point. They should have been able to see it. 
And also there are no tracks of the melt, no tracks of any kind in the sand. So this is all just weird. Nick. And she figures that this must be some kind of false image that is being kind of transported or uploaded into the mouth. I guess she thinks she sees something because she see she says that they're going to play it back frame by frame and as they do that all of a sudden the the tropical image blurs out and there's a quick flash of some kind of room with some kind of technology in it but they can't really get a good look. Sam just figures it must be way beyond ours. And Hammond a little bit slow on the uptake is like, "Oh, that previous image was fake." <laughs> then <laughs> Sam's like, yeah, <laughs> that is pretty much the only explanation. <laughs> At this point, everyone is drinking coffee. They're taking time out of their conversation to discuss how especially delightful this coffee suddenly tastes. And they're also talking about what is what is flavoring this coffee, which is apparently maybe cinnamon and some chicory. And Tilk decides he's going to give some coffee a try, but he doesn't have a mug. So he just takes the whole coffee pot and like chugs it. <laughs> Jack asks, isn't that hot? And Tilk says, extremely. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone is kind of looking at it. At this point, everyone seems to kind of realize how bizarre this random turn of events is. And the fact that Tilk just chugged a bunch of really hot coffee. That's also (laughs) odd. Hammond, finding this especially concerning for good reason, says, all right, uh, how about you all stay on the base? now for a while so that we can keep an eye on you because this isn't normal everyone insists that they feel fine but Hammond's like well how do you feel for someone who drank a half gallon of steaming coffee (laughs) Jack's like oh right yeah Yeah, yeah. I guess that's not so normal maybe we should stay here (laughs) yeah that's weird they stay on the base, but they go about their business. Jack goes for a snack. He's got a piece of pie, and he's reading something or looking at a report. Did you notice the guy that was sitting at the table behind him just staring at him? I did, and I thought that was kind of weird, but then I realized in the next scene, or yeah, that Sam is being followed, so I bet that's the guy who's supposed to follow Jack around. I guess so. I just thought it was <laughs> It was weird. Odd. Yeah. <laughs> It was definitely weird because that was my conclusion too, but it just, just still seemed yeah, weird. Yeah, he like to... wouldn't take his eye off of him. Like, yeah, to watch have, any like, second. Ha- he was just a slightly out of focus behind Jack and just staring at him like yep. unblinking. <laughs> I love watching people eat pie. Oh, yeah. yeah. A... I wish I had some pie. Me I love pie. Yeah, it depends. I would, I would like some pie filling or I a know. savory pie because I do like a savory pie. You have weird opinions on pie. Savory pie is good, but you don't like regular pie, and that's weird also. It doesn't work for me. Anyway. (laughs) That's more more evidence that your opinions are bad, and you should feel Nope. My opinions are just fine. (laughs) There are so many other better desserts than pie out there. Mm, Unconvinced. Brownies. Brownies are great, but you can put brownies in a pie. Cake. Cake is also good. Peanut butter cups with pretzels in them. I've put peanut butter cups in pie. That's good for you. Chocolate chocolate cream pie with peanut butter cups? Yeah. But then you don't have to go through all so much work if you just eat the peanut butter cup. I suppose. But but then I can also have pie with peanut butter cups. I just cut out the middleman there and just go with the peanut butter cups. But you could have chocolate pudding, and then I used to get the powdered peanut butter and whip that with some Cool Whip. So it would be peanut butter-infused Cool Whip and then... Top it with some Reese's peanut butter cups. Cheesecake. Strawberry shortcake. Mm. I'm not a huge cheesecake I fan. love cheesecake. Cheesecake. Strawberry shortcake is great. We, great. We can agree on that one. Anyway, desserts. Anyway. Desserts are great. <laughs> I'm Jackson jo- Me too. And I actually just ate dinner, but it wasn't enough. I did not. I did have some waffles as a snack. Nice. Though. Jack's eating pie, you know, sort of absentmindedly while he reads. But then suddenly he realizes that the pie is freaking amazing so he like takes an enormous bite of it it's not enough the fork delivery system doesn't work for him so he (laughs) picks up the pie and just starts shoveling it in it's great it is great i've eaten pie that way pie is great and that was that scene (laughs) that was that scene (laughs) 
Next, according to this transcript, we're in the MELP room, which is apparently a thing, and Sam is in there working on the MELP. And then she suddenly gets up and leaves. <laughs> and the airman that Kathy mentioned a minute or so ago follows her. Then we are in Daniel's office. He's working at his desk. He also suddenly gets up and leaves. We don't see Teal suddenly getting up and leaving from whatever he was doing, but he does join everybody else in the cafeteria. When they come in, Jack has apparently surrounded himself with desserts. The entire table is covered. It's a lot of, is it anything but pie and jello? There was some cake, oh, okay. I think, also. Yeah. I don't know why Sam went for the Jello first because I mean, like Jello is good, but it's definitely not going to be my first choice when there's a bunch of pie and cake <laughs> options. Me either. Yeah. Anyway, they all come in. They are all hungry. They all sit down and start housing the desserts with Jack, including the Jello. They all agree that it's the best pie and best desserts that they've ever had. They don't know what's so different about it because Jack says it's the same old pie, but. Even Teal'c agrees that somehow it's more satisfying and better than usual. Everything is tasting better. Jack is apparently eating some yogurt at this point, which I'm glad that he specified he was eating yogurt because I was wondering, like, what is this white gloopy stuff he's eating? Because it was, like, really runny. (laughs) Apparently their strange actions have been noticed, and a voice comes on the intercom and tells SG-1 to report to MedLab 3. They're all sad to leave their desserts, but they get up to go. And then Jack comes in real quick to grab an extra piece of pie. Did you see the woman standing there behind them with this horrified look on her face? <laughs> yes. It's amazing. Just... <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about this. That I actually also watched this last week when I was giving platelets, so I could uh, not take notes. But right. now that you mention it, yes, I do remember that. <laughs> Just like... I laughed so hard. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. Yeah. I really, uh, speaking of laughing hard, I was laughing to myself at the platelet donation when Tilk was <laughs> chugging the coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they head back to the infirmary, I think. Yes. Yeah. And Dr. Fraser is uh, showing them some brain scans. Their brain scans, I believe. Yes. She's telling them there's an extremely tiny something on their scans. It, She said it's so small it looks like an errant pixel, except for that it is in the same place on each of their scans. That's probably bad. Yeah. She says it's smaller than a head of a pin, which I think a pixel would be. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, it would. She's handed some x-rays, which she also, like, talks about. That the thing is also almost small enough not to show up on an x-ray. So she also ran an electron resonance scan. She's magnified it several thousand times. And they see some sort of weird little tiny, tiny, tiny device in their brains. Daniel's like, that thing is in all of us? And she says, yes, she's afraid so. Later, Hammond has joined them all, and they are talking about what to do about these things. Hammond wants to know if these things can be removed, but Fraser says that they can't unless she wants to cause some irreparable brain damage, so that's probably bad. She doesn't have any idea how they could have been implanted without any external marks or injuries to the cortex or anything. It's technology way beyond what we have. They're trying to figure out if there might be any threat. But as far as Jack is concerned, an extra love of desserts isn't really too dangerous. And he's probably pretty happy to live with it. (laughs) It has some sort of barely measurable electromagnetic field being emitted. But they don't really understand what the point of that could be. So until they can find the purpose of these objects, Hammond is going to keep them in quarantine specifically in isolation quarters. So not only are they confined to the base, but now they've got to go to level 22 with a 24-hour guard. And off they have gone. The team is all inside. Jack's playing some sort of video game or something. Small one, handheld. Yeah. Don't know what it was, though. No. And Sam is doing work. Well, Teal'c and Daniel are playing chess. Yeah. And then they hear a yeah. voice go, boring. 
They're like, who said that? Well, me. Well, me. Did you hear that too? Oh, yeah. Who's there? And he said, okay, I'll make it so you can see me. But only because you asked. <laughs> <laughs> and then suddenly, there's a man. And they are a little shocked to see this guy just appear before them. He says hello. And tells them all to say hello too. And they all say together, hello, Ergo. And he tell- <laughs> then he compliments their outsides as being much better looking than their insides. <laughs> that is generally the case yeah. for most people. Yeah. Jack's kind of looking suspiciously at Ergo and he asks one of the guards to come closer. So he comes in the room and Jack asks if he sees an intruder in the room. The airman <laughs> slowly looks to one side <laughs> and then slowly looks to the other side. <laughs> Very exaggerated. Yes. <laughs> and reports he does not see anyone. Jack dismisses him and addresses Ergo, asks what he is, and he says, Ergo. <laughs> <laughs> He tells them they're not dreaming, and Daniel's like, you can read our thoughts. And Ergo says, just the thoughts you're having at the moment, which seems pretty bad to me, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sam says, oh, you're actually in our heads, aren't you? And Ergo says, she's so smart, and he loves that about her. Aw. Yeah. Sam explains that the little blip of technology in their heads is some sort of visual communication interface, or that's what Ergo is. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. She calls it a controlled hallucination. <laughs> she thinks the devices must be linked. Dr. Fraser did mention that small EM field. She did. Yeah. Also, Ergo wants to know who Mary Steenbergen is. Clearly, he has some serious issues. Because <laughs> <laughs> it will continue to be an ongoing thing that Jack yeah. has a crush on her. <laughs> So yeah. I laughed at that yeah. part, too. <laughs> Daniel's like, our brains are some sort of wireless computer network. And she says, yes, an incredibly sophisticated one. And we were all drawn to the commissary when Colonel O'Neill was eating dessert. And Jack's like, oh, crap, he can make us do stuff. But Ergo insists, no, no, never. I could never do that. But it, he can actually make suggestions and Sam says enhance their sensory perception of experiences. Ergo, though, is bored with this whole conversation. <laughs> He's had enough of explaining things. He wants to know who decorated this plane room. Don't tell me your whole planet's like this. Can we go somewhere that's not here? And then he says boring again. <laughs> Ergo reminds me of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Later. Everybody is meeting with Dr. Fraser. She wants to know what Ergo looks like. Jack says that he looks like a famous tenor. Kind of does. Did you know Domino Louise also sang? I did not. Yeah. Really? Ha ha ha, honey pie. My position is tragic. Come and show me. Yeah, I was looking on YouTube earlier and saw some of his performances with like the Muppets and he was on like I mean he had his own show but he was also on like Dean Martin's variety show and in that one I one clip I watched he was totally hamming up and singing terribly on purpose to uh, <laughs> contrast but yeah so he's a, he was a singer too oh that's yeah. cool my dogs are barking because Jeff just left I bark when Jeff leaves too right yeah, yeah. the neighbors probably think it's weird <laughs> The team is trying to have a continued conversation while Ergo is just asking about everything around them. What's this? What's this? What's that? What's this? What's this thing do? What does this button do? Sam tells Fraser that he seems to crave some new experiences. Ergo really wants to try the defibrillator. Daniel's like, that's, that's probably not a great idea. Or goes like, it's not going to kill you, is it? <laughs> or is it? Yeah, it actually could kill you, so don't do that. Fraser is surprised to find out that it apparently is talking to them. And Sam tells her that they figure it experiences things through them, using their, those sensors and their brains to collect information. 
this scene is hard to recap because it is basically just lines of actual con- like actual conversation interspersed with Ergo saying random things. So long story t- short, Ergo is continuing to ask what everything in the room is and they are trying to explain to Fraser what he looks like, what they think his point is there, and they are going to try to get Ergo's to tell them how to remove a thing from the from their brains, but Ergo is not going to cooperate with that because he's just having way too much fun. And he's like, what's wrong? Don't you like me? And Jack's like, no, <laughs> we don't, actually. So he circulates and is like, oh, come on, you have to like me, right? And he asks each one individually. Sam's the only one that actually seems to kind of <laughs> like him a bit. Because she gets a cute smile on her face when Ergo says that he reminds her of her uncle. She's like, yeah, yeah, you kind of do. <laughs> Eventually, it turns out that Ergo is not actually supposed to be communicating with them like this. They're not actually supposed to know that he's even there. Sam wants to know how it is possible that he's defied whatever creators he had that put him in their brains. And Ergo says that it's because they're evil and they're very scary and he wants nothing to do with them ever. He is happy here. He wants to just stay here. But the team's like, no, we got to contact his creator and get rid of him. Ergo says that they should not do that because then the team would end up dead. And he says, that's, you know, that's pretty much it. It's it's either death or me. So you can decide which one you like better. <laughs> Jack's like, um, we're thinking. <laughs> and that's it. Yeah. It was a weird, weird, weird scene. Yeah. <laughs> the team and Fraser Hammond, they all move to the conference room to... I don't know, continue the conversation or if it's later. Anyway, they're just sitting there. Ergo is also in the room. And he's singing me, 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 because no one else can see Ergo except for SG-1. The guard standing there thinks Jack is talking to him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but he's not. He's talking to Ergo. <laughs> yep. Jack wants to go back to the planet and risk it all. Because there's no way to get Ergo out of them here on Earth. Which both Fraser and Ergo confirm. <laughs> yes. Sam, though, thinks she might have an idea of how maybe to turn it off, which Ergo assures them is not possible. And he instead would like to play hide and seek. So he covers his eyes and starts counting. Meanwhile, General Hammond dismisses them all and they all leave the room while Ergo continues to count. (laughs) How does that even I don't know. That was the one part where I was like... (laughs) Why would he be in the room? With, like, yeah, that didn't make sense. But other, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's that yeah. scene. <laughs> that is that scene. Out in the hall, Sam is walking with her guard behind her, and she's talking to empty space. I, sorry about my dog barking, <laughs> but she's gonna be insufferable, so I'm gonna keep talking through it. The guard behind her is looking at her like she's rather crazy because she's talking to nobody, saying that she doesn't have time to play and she doesn't care if she is it. And no, she doesn't want to go get pie right now. She is very busy. So maybe go bother Jack. She catches up to Hammond and Fraser, and they're looking confused because they heard her talking to nobody. But she clarifies that she was talking to Ergo and Hammond says, I see. And Sam says, oh, I wish you did. Frasier tries to address Ergo the way that a parent would try to address a kid's invisible friend and is like, all right, Ergo. And then Sam's like, no, he's not over there. He's over there. So Frasier tries to talk to Ergo and say that Sam wants to just be left alone. And apparently whatever Ergo says, we can't hear because he's still invisible. Nobody's actually there, but Sam is displeased at how rude whatever it was that Ergo just said was <laughs> Fraser wants to know what he said and she's like uh, I'm gonna go do some work so Sam leaves she's clearly still having a conversation with somebody invisible out of earshot <laughs> Hammond asks if they are sure that the SG-1 members are what's the 
then Fraser says, Sane him and says, That's the one. <laughs> Fraser's like, Yeah, they're fine. This is just a weird, weird image thing that Ergo is creating of himself. And they are responding to that just like they would an actual person. Hammond's like, Yeah, whatever. If you say so. <laughs> In Sam's nerd lab, she is, you know, doing her work, but or- Ergo is still there. To bother her, telling her she is not close and she should just give up on this. Sam is, she seems actually a little bit more amused than irritated, perhaps. Which, you know, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah. Jack, Tilk, and Daniel join her. And she lets them know she thinks she's found a solution. And that is that... She is going to set off an electromagnetic pulse to disrupt the EM field that they detected. That apparently is what is letting Ergo project. She's drinking warm beverage while she's saying this. And Ergo urges her to spill coffee on herself. And that hurts her. And he's like, I didn't mean to. And she does not buy that and tells him to knock it off. She tells Jack that Ergo has been up to these tricks since she first started talking about this EM field thing. Who is she talking about it to? We don't know. But she thinks that means she's on the right track and that this strong EM pulse will knock out most electronic-based technologies, harmless to humans, but it will render Ergo impotent. She's <laughs> like, could you uh, rephrase that? <laughs> Jack gives her the go-ahead. Despite Ergo's pleading with them not to do this, Sam starts doing her thing. The The room is apparently closed off to the rest of the base, so it's only going to affect this room. Ergo keeps begging. Sam keeps working. He offers to be smaller and becomes tiny for a moment. When they didn't like that he was tiny, he offers to be dull and says, What a nice shade of gray. How about some nice white bread with mayonnaise? Let's watch golf on television. (laughs) (laughs) And then he tries a different look. And this is the part where he becomes a younger man in uniform with slick back hair. And that is, in fact, the director of this episode. Fantastic. He asks, can you resist this? (laughs) But this does not dissuade them. And then Ergo... (laughs) Ergo then pretends he's fading away i'm melting i'm melting what a world but they are also not buying that in any way because the pulse hasn't yet gone off ergo's like how much time do i but then it does go off and ergo disappears and they have quiet (laughs) blissful quiet yes (laughs) back in the infirmary fraser says the devices are still present but the m EM field that they had been emitting is no longer there. Everything else about the team seems fine. So Jack requests permission to go back to work. Hammond and Fraser are a little skeptical, so they're ordered to wait a week. And everybody is rather disappointed that they have to do that. That's like a vacation for a week? Like, oh. that doesn't sound so bad to me. Yeah, except for that, it looks like it's a staycation in the SGC. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. That would be much more disappointing <laughs> if that were the case. Agree with that then, yes. Later on Fraser's office, Fraser and Sam are talking and reiterating the fact that everything seems normal. Carter says that she feels fine and just wants to get back to work. Fraser invites her to go away for the weekend with her and Cassandra. And Sam's like, yeah, that would be great. So she leaves and is told to send Daniel up next. As she leaves, Sam starts singing Row, Row, Row Your Boat. And then when Fraser looks on the monitor, it turns out everyone else in SG-1 is also singing the same song. <laughs> Which was especially amusing with Tilk because he was like sitting surrounded by all of his candles with uh, clearly trying to meditate, but singing. But then, but then that horrifying earworm has to enter. Yep. 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 <laughs> so she figures something is not quite right. Yeah. <laughs> So they meet together in the conference room about it. They've apparently been told what was happening because Jack is insisting he wasn't singing. He'd know if he was singing. He doesn't even know the words to row, row, row your boat. Who doesn't know the words to that song? (laughs) I don't know. 
But Fr- Dr. Fraser has receipts, so she shows him singing on a video. And Jack's like, oh, if you call that singing. <laughs> and with that, they realize Ergo is back, and Ergo then reappears for all of us. He lets them know Carter's plan worked for a little while. Everything went away. He was very sad. But then all of a sudden, he was back in their brains where he belongs. Good for him. Yeah. They're they're sad, though, because Hammond tells them that since they are under the influence of Ergo, they are relieved of active duty, which makes total sense to me. Jack's not happy about it. No. But they've been compromised, Hammond says. And they don't know what this alien entity is capable of. And Sam's like, well, you can't make us do anything. And Dr. Fraser's like, well, what about that burn on your arm? <laughs> didn't you say Ergo did that? And Ergo goes, I didn't mean to. And then Sam, Jack, and Daniel go, he didn't mean to. And then a second later, Teal's like, it was not his intention. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> yes. So they see Hammond's point. Jack asks how to get rid of you, and Ergo says he really does not know. Sam says he might not, because he's just a program. Ergo promises to be quiet if they don't get rid of him. Except for that's a lie, because he's like, in the next beat, he's like, let's play a game. (laughs) A wonderful game. A wonderful game. (laughs) And yeah, so he wants to play an educational word game. That does not actually sound like such a wonderful game no. to me either. <laughs> you write the word, you get a word, then write what you think the word is. What? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even no. make. Any, yeah, it doesn't make no. any sense. <laughs> yeah. In the control room, they're sending another mouth through the gate again. There's a bunch of soldiers armed behind it. The gate connects. The mouth goes through. Ergo wants to know everything that is going on. Of course. And Sam says that it's their version of him. I wouldn't say that they're all that similar, but sure, whatever. Oh, the mouth specifically. I was like, the gate. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the- wow, it took me until now to realize that she meant the mouth, not the gate. I'm like, how is the gate like? Like, ergo, I see. So she explains that it's got like all kinds of sensors and they're continuing to try to figure out what is on the other side. But of course, they just get another image of the tropical planet, which is the exact same thing that they got before. Argo's like, oh, it's so pretty. Can we go there? But Sam's like, nope, it's an illusion that your creators have made. So not real. Can't go there. Argo's like, I told you they were mean. (laughs) Hammond tries to contact the other side saying that we're the people of Earth and he knows that the images are fake and they just want a dialogue. A voice comes through that says, who dares challenge Togar? Ergo is very upset to hear the voice of one of his creators and identifies this voice of Togar as being one of his creators. (laughs) Hammond defers to Dr. Jackson to talk to this guy. I guess he's their first contact person. (laughs) So Daniel introduces himself and says that they're not challenging him or anything, but they've discovered one of your devices and uh, maybe, maybe get rid of them, please, because we don't like them. Can you remove him, he says specifically, and Togar's like, what the hell are you talking about? Daniel says Ergo, and Togar, Togar wants to know how they know that name. Again, it, they reiterate the fact that he's not actually supposed to be there showing himself to them. This isn't supposed to be a way to communicate with anybody. It's just supposed to be collecting data. So the device must be broken in some way, and the subjects should be returned so that they can remove Ergo. So Jack is pretty happy. He wants to go back to the planet. The other, others, in particular Sam, urge caution. Obviously, Ergo is not on board <laughs> with this. There's a bit of debate all around between SG-1 and Ergo. Hammond doesn't bother to weigh in until the team argues it out. <laughs> they decide to go back, and Hammond's like, cool. You're going to go back then. (laughs) The team gets ready to go. Daniel's like, what do you think Togar meant by error? And Sam says, I guess he meant Ergo wasn't supposed to be interacting with us. And Ergo continues to be begging to not go back because he's going to kill you. He's so nasty. It's going to be painful. He's going to kill me. Don't you have any feelings? And Sam actually is quite interested in this and asks, do you? 
Jack doesn't want her to humor him. She says, we're not even supposed to interact or know he's there. And Ergo's like, well, yeah, no, technically I am not. Sam asks him to describe his feelings. So he's got feelings. He's afraid, nervous, agitated, a little hungry. He's afraid of going away. How is he hungry? I I don't know. Uh, that's definitely a feeling. Yeah, a little hungry. I don't know how he's hungry. Maybe he can, like, I don't know. How do, how, how do you know you're hungry? Can he feel that? Can he, like, well, access that? Well, we have a that? digestive tract that sends hormones to our brain, but he wouldn't have a digestive tract. He doesn't have a digestive tract, but could he be, like, sensing someone else's hunger? Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Anyway, Ergo is afraid of going away like last time and not being able to experience or be with them. And she says, asks of death. And he's like, yeah, of course. He's going to kill me. And Sam's like, sir. (laughs) And Jack's basically like, he says Carter, but you know he's saying, don't do this. (laughs) Yeah. What is he? A machine. Is he? Are you sure? Daniel and Sam argue that Ergo is alive is sentient he's self-aware he's got consciousness he can think independently afraid of death jack's not convinced he sticks his hand in ergo's head or i don't know this is his head he sticks his arms through ergo and waves them around to prove that ergo's not there its strings have been cut and daniel says there's a lot of life forms that require other life forms to live at which point tilk is like then you are a parasite like the gold. <laughs> and Ergo mimics Tilk back. Not all of those things are parasites. Yeah. But Sam points out he could be more like a Tokra. Yeah. yeah. Symbionts. Anyway, so they're, they're arguing this and wants Jack to consider that maybe this error isn't an error, but in fact is like a whole new form of life. Daniel agrees. So what are they supposed to do about this? (laughs) Jack says they've been compromised. They have to explain the situation to this Toga guy and let him deal with Hugo once he's out of our heads, (laughs) out of their heads. (laughs) So they're still going and they head there. They do. Yeah. It's just so much talking, and I'm like, I don't know where to parse this. Like, It is. Yeah. yeah, it took me a while to figure out that you had actually already gotten through there, because I was just like looking at lines of text yeah. and not actually reading yeah. them. Like, so they go through the wormhole and come through on the other side. They find themselves without any of their weapons or equipment, so Jack's not too happy about that. Ergo continues to be concerned and warn them about how very bad the situation is. A guy comes in. And tells them not to move or he's going to knock them all out. Apparently this is Togar. He looks strangely familiar. He does does look strangely familiar because he is also played by Don (laughs) DeLuise. Ergo, in fact, says he's handsome as he is evil. (laughs) Togar's got some kind of weapon, but SG-1 assures him that they don't, he doesn't need to fear them. And Togar's like, yeah, I'm not afraid of you anyway, so that's fine. It's just, like, so repetitive of Ergo saying he's evil. (laughs) So there's debate all around. Ergo is trying to convince everybody that Togar is an evil person. Togar is trying to get a little bit more information on the situation. And is talking about getting rid of Ergo. The team is trying to explain what Ergo is and voice their concerns that what if he's maybe a new life form, though? So maybe we shouldn't just, like, get rid of him and kill him necessarily. Togar's trying to reassure them that he can remove the device without any harm and he brings in a weird little alien creature thing, passes some light over it, and I guess that he's trying to prove that he can remove the device from a thing like this so he can remove it from them without a problem because this little alien thing was not harmed in any way. No, although he makes it appear and disappear. I don't know. Anyway. He does. Yeah, he waves his hand to make it appear, and then it disappears after that. They want to know what's going to happen to Ergo, but apparently Ergo will be destroyed by this whole process. Sam starts the argument now that this is some very advanced technology, and they are debating whether or not he should actually be considered a life form at this point. SG-1 is trying to argue that Ergo should be removed, but he still shouldn't necessarily be completely destroyed. Togar tries to argue that 
he's an error. He shouldn't have consciousness as he does. But SG-1 continues to argue, well, maybe he shouldn't have it, but he does have it. And that's kind of miraculous in itself. So let's, let's not destroy him. Togar reminds them that it doesn't have a body, so it needs to be in some sort of a life form since it can't just exist on its own. So SG-1, of course, manages to convince Togar that Togar should be that host. It's a little surprising to me how easy, easily they were able to convince Togar to act as a host to this yeah. technology ergo thing. Yeah, I, I, it was very quick, the convincing. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if it's because they were spot on with their like, oh, Ergo is everything you're not. And this is what you want to do. And you actually want to be the one who explores and learns things on yeah, your own. That's but, true. Yeah, that was part of their argument. Yeah. So maybe, so yeah, maybe, maybe he's, right, he was true. totally on board with that. And they just gave him a reason. I don't know. Also possible. Yeah, I don't know. Yep. Either way, it was quick. Yes. Yes, it was. So anyway, they did manage to continue him. Uh, I was wondering, do they need to transfer all of the devices into Togar's head or just one of them? Like, I does Ergo live on one? Is he like a, a is it like a cloud situation where he kind of lives on all of them? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. I got nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ergo is not too happy about this turn of events. He really doesn't like Togar. He doesn't want to live in Togar's head. And he thinks that Togar is mean and boring, and SG-1's like, well, maybe uh, maybe you can change him, because, you know, you're so fun and great. So Jack tells Togar that Ergo is excited and on board now. Woo! Jack tells Togar that he's sure that Togar is going to love having Ergo around just as much as SG-1 did. <laughs> Ergo's like, I knew you liked me. I was right. <laughs> And Ergo wants a hug, but Jack is not keen on that idea. How could he even hug Ergo? Because Ergo has no substance, they have established. I don't know. <laughs> I guess they get into a bigger version of whatever device it was Togar used to remove the thingy from the tiny creature. Mm-hmm. He takes the device out of them and puts it in himself, or at least one of them. Maybe all three. We don't know. And Ergo then is with Togar. They can't see him anymore. But he's there. He's Jack thanks him for his hospitality. Togar says he's going to return them to Earth. But Daniel wants to know how do we know that Ergo's really alive. But Togar is already annoyed and tell him to, telling Ergo to be quiet. So they know. They know he's there. <laughs> annoying Togar. So Ergo thanks them and says goodbye. They say goodbye to Ergo, even though they cannot see him. Sam then takes a moment to try a little bit of diplomacy to see if maybe they could learn something from Togar, who's clearly way more advanced. But she's in the middle of speaking when he zaps them out of there. So rude. So rude. Ergo's going to miss them, but he's got a suggestion for Togar. But Togar says no. And even though it's fun and exciting... Togar is resisting, but I think in the end, Ergo's going to win him over. I think yeah. so, too. The team makes it back to the gate room. Hammond, once again, is standing there with Malps and armed <laughs> soldiers. And SG-1 is again surprised at this greeting. Hammond asks if the mission was successful, and Jack pauses since he is quite confused and apparently, as far as they're concerned, they only just left. They have no recollection of what happened on the other Jeez. planet. But Hammond tells them that they've been gone for over 10 hours this time. Great. So, of course, Hammond again sends them down to the infirmary. And that is where they go. <laughs> End episode. End episode. Weird episode. It was weird. Did you like this weird episode? I you? sure loved it. <laughs> it's so funny. So silly. It's lighthearted. And it's not completely, like, it's not, it's ridiculous, but it's not ridiculous in a, like, bad plot kind of way. Yeah. And Dom DeLuise was delightful. Apparently, <laughs> I watched a clip of Christopher Judge telling people in an audience that he 
Dom DeLuise was making a point to try to make him laugh in pretty much every take. (laughs) To the point where, I'm not sure if he said this or if I read this somewhere, to the point where he asked to be in the episode a little bit less because he couldn't keep a straight face. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Yeah, it was really fun to see Dom DeLuise there. It was actually really fun to learn that this was whole, like, a big family affair thing happening. And Yeah, that's great. I appreciate you sharing that because that's awesome. The whole thing was just delightful. I have no no critique, really. I just loved it. (laughs) How about you? (laughs) I didn't love it as much as you did. I enjoyed most of it. It was a really funny episode and weird, and a lot of the things, the character interactions between Ergo and everybody else were amusing, but at the same time, I found him to be so annoying (laughs) at some points that it was... Like, I know he was intended to be annoying to the SG-1 characters, but it was getting to the point where he was annoying me also, (laughs) and it was slightly hampering my enjoyment, but overall, though, even despite that, I do you think it was still an enjoyable episode? Because it wasn't always that I found him to be particularly annoying. Just like parts where I was getting annoying trying to recap the scene where like he was just constantly asking a million (laughs) questions while I'm trying to pay attention to the conversation that's actually happening between everybody else. And then I got annoyed trying to relay that. Like parts like that were just like, ah, just shut up. I want to hear the conversation. (laughs) But I don't know. I wonder if it's because my brain is just like so kind of scattered that like that that kind of stuff just stresses me out a little bit when I'm trying to focus on one thing and there's a lot of other stuff going on. So maybe I'm guessing that's my slightly broken brain having trouble dealing with that. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. 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 So that, you know, a little bit rough here and there. But overall, I did enjoy the episode. There was a lot of funny dialogue and whatnot going on. Yeah. It's silly. So silly. Yes. yes. What is next? Next. I actually only watched half of that one at the oh, blood drive. My God, so you remember... really like went for it at the blood drive. Well, I was there for like 95 minutes. So that's <laughs> a little over two episodes since they're all like 42-ish. There. Let's see. Let me go to the Netflix here. This one I will have to rewatch though since it will have been two weeks and I only watched part of it. Next we are watching Stargate SG-1 Season 3 Episode 17, 100 Days. Netflix says, O'Neill and the rest of SG-1 have established ties with a village on the planet Edora and its leader with whom O'Neill shares a mutual attraction. Booklet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was like, did they go back to that planet with the... <laughs> pizza cake maybe (laughs) love to see if there's any pizza cake in there let's see the booklet says sg1 visits the friendly planet idora and gathers to watch the annual meteor shower that lights up the sky like a fiery rain but suddenly wayward asteroids bombard the planet destroying the stargate can o'neill and the team ever return home oh my i bet they can't the series over or is it too spoilery to say that I think that that's a weird way to word it since it's only Jack that gets stuck there? <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Especially for the booklet, which usually is goes all in on O'Neill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So not Jack and the team, just Jack. Nope. Yeah. Anything else? Nope. I'm just knocking my soda can over. Good job. Was it empty? It was empty. Okay. That's yeah. good at least. As always, thanks for listening. If you haven't already done so, make sure that you subscribe so that you can get our episodes when they are released every Wednesday. You can also find us on YouTube. If you'd like our episodes even earlier, you can join us over at patreon.com slash and you will get bonus episodes over there as well. We've been putting out about one, sometimes even two bonus episodes a month over there. Word of mouth is greatly appreciated. Five-star ratings and likes are also greatly appreciated as They all help new people to find the show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us at Twitter and Instagram. We are at Stargazing, both of those places. Our email is stargazing at gmail.com. And you can also visit our website to contact us there, stargazing.space. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You had gone away. No, I'm here. I was just like... La 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 la. Forgetting your name. (laughs) Well, I was considering instead of... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. Anyway, (laughs) everything's great.
<laughs> You've been listening to Stargazing. <laughs> the end. One man's ceiling is another man's floor. The end. <laughs> the very young do not always do as they're told. <laughs> a fool's paradise is a wise man's hell. <laughs> Cookie. Cookie. There's the juice. He's going to be all right. Never run with scissors. <laughs> Never run with scissors. I am running with scissors. Indeed. <laughs> I'm hungry. I'm going to go get food and then be lazy on my couch and probably play Stardew Valley or something. I'm afraid to look at it now that I, like, blew a bunch of money going to caves and dying. Or, I'm sorry, Aww. being unconscious and anyway. So leave the caves alone for a while and go do something else. I know, but it's winter. What else is there to do? Fishing? I guess I could fish. I don't know what I'd fish mm -hmm. for, though, but... Just go fishing for the sake of earning money and getting better at fishing. True. I do need more money now that I upgraded Pam's house and keep, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway.